How are we doing, guys, and welcome back to the Pints and Pundits podcast. This is episode 16, uh, and you're with myself, the Peaky Pundit, and Pav, as usual. And in today's uh, podcast, we're going to be looking at what is next for Oli uh, and Manchester United. We're going to be going into a lot of depth uh, about the weekend, uh, the results, um, obviously the break we've got now, what Oli does to regroup this team, um, and where we go from here. But Pav, big cheers on the team, mate. I see it's getting a bit cold out there, mate. Yeah, had to trade the ice cold <laughs> points for a hot cup of tea, but... Um, <laughs> I think after performances, might be getting back on them points, Might need a bit, something a bit stronger than a cup of tea. Mm. Um, look, before we jump into it, I want to give a big shout out to partners of the channel, Duck and Cover. Check out the project range mm. in the link of the description of this video. Pav's got on one of their uh, outdoor winter jackets, nice and lightweight as well. It's wearing this in that uh, pouring rain, uh, <laughs> the Arsenal game Mate, and, and the Newcastle they game. They do say yeah. when it rains, it absolutely pours. And it has been with the results and also uh, the weather. So Duck and Cover have been getting us... Keeping us covered, should I say, keeping mm. us nice, warm, snug and dry. Uh, so make sure you go and check out the project range. Uh, also, if you are joining us for one of the very first times, give the video a big thumbs up. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button uh, and join us on this journey as we're... What's the next target? We've hit 13... Well, we hit 10k. We, we hit one? the 10. We're on just short of 14 now. I'm rec- I reckon 20. Let's 20? Go for a nice, 20 is the nice next 20, one. So the road yeah. to 20k subscribers. Uh, join the journey. And thank you to all of you guys who have been uh, supporting the channel as well. Uh, right, jumping into today's podcast. Yeah. Pav, where do we go from here, mate? Uh, away at Newcastle on the weekend was a perfect opportunity, in my opinion, to pick up three points on the road, um, try and get a bit of confidence back into the team. Mm. We were both at the game. Uh, both just appalled, shocked by the result. Give your breakdown on it to the viewers. Yeah, um, look, we, we obviously done a big rundown of the Newcastle game in the videos that dropped that night with, with the Ollie's press conference as well. Um, it's kind of looking, it's, uh, as my time as a United fan, um, obviously, you know, I was born in 92, so I kind of, you know, was born into the kind of golden era. Um, watched us lift trophy after trophy, win after win, and, you know, saw some incredible errors of, of United. Obviously had... Times at United where Jose came in, where Wenger was dominant. Um, but, you know, United were always there or thereabouts. Obviously, upon Fergie retiring, then we're into this kind of whole seven-year period now of United not being that team that everyone has their name down for. And in those seven years, I think this currently right now is, is the period of time where I think we felt most lost as a club, lost as a fan base, and just... Um, not really knowing what what's hap- what's going to be happening. Is the difference that when, say, Jose was in charge, for example, because he, for me, he was the man, if any man, to take us forward. Um, he probably was one of the best managers at club level mm. in world football at the time when he came in. Yes, we know he had a bit of an unfortunate kind of uh, ending to sort of his, his time at Chelsea, his second sort of time round there. But he was the man everyone wanted. All the United fan base were... I'd say 80% of them were like Jose and get him in. Obviously, he came in, we saw the style of play, which was dull. It was boring, but you knew what you were going to get. And is that the difference now? We just simply do not know what we're getting. And obviously, the results have proven that we're 12th in the league, two points off relegation. We've said it many times on on watch-alongs in previous videos. We thought we we knew what we were going to get from... You know, watching the preseason and, and seeing how Oli had set the team up, but just seeing what we've seen from the opening eleven games now, it's it's completely different. It's just um, formation looks out of place. Players look lost. Um, doesn't look like we have a plan B. Some games doesn't look like we have a plan A. It just it just seems like there's eleven players on the pitch just 
playing like just been told go 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 and try and win the game rather than actually having a solid and in-depth tactical plan in place a lot of people who i've been speaking to um away from obviously what we do on the channel here friends and people i bump into have all kind of said it's like it's almost like a sunday league slash pe game where mm. kind of 11 players just get paid um changed chucked on the pitch right go and score yeah we know you've got to score goals to win football matches but there's a way of doing it um if you had to pick one thing what would be the biggest thing that needs to change look of course we need to start winning games for me during the game, we just need to create more chances. That's my biggest concern. I don't care about what formation we play, how much possession we have, how many passes we have. For me, it's just a lack of scoring goals mm. um, or, sorry, creating opportunities. Whether you convert them or not, that's one thing. But for me, it's just a massive concern as to we're not creating... I think we had three, three, nothing, yeah. three shots on target again at Newcastle. I mean, Newcastle. what was it? It's 11 games and 11 goals? Yes. Yeah. It's absolutely Dyer. terrible. Four of those goals came in the opening against Chelsea. Um, and then the other goals came against like Rochdale and you know Starner and because after the Chelsea game, a lot of people were saying that's United. We're back. We're clinical now. In front of mm. goal is something we've not seen. Now looking back on it and reflecting, was it just a freak game where kind of we probably had four or five opportunities, four of them went in. Chelsea could have been three 0 up at half time, but hit the woodwork a couple of times. Was it kind of one of them? Yeah, freak it's, games? it's one of those games where either, either the scoreline doesn't reflect how the game played out. Yeah. Either team could have walked away from that from that game with a three or four nil scoreline, but. Um, it's not so much just the way we're playing. It's 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 also the atmosphere now as well. I mean, it's quite toxic in the club, in the fan base. I think I think in the stadium and at the grounds. Yeah, I think it's it's fine. Like we're we're back in the club, uh, more so Ollie rather than the board. Yeah, uh, we're back in Ollie. You know, his, his name's getting chanted, and, and and the support is there. The only criticism that comes from the fan is fans are directed at you know player performances, individuals. Whereas you look at Twitter and you know some of the fan channels as well, when you you seen fans coming on, and even on our channel, we've had fans come on and say, "Look, Ollie out, sack Ollie. He's not yeah. the right man for the job. He's not tactically there. He's he was never the right guy in the first place." Um, so there's, there's a big split there. Whereas when we had Jose and Moyes and LVG, when it got to that stage where we were struggling in games and form. I would say the majority of the fan base, 65, 70%, 80% would have said, we want Jose out, we want yeah. LVG out. Whereas right now, it's a bit, I'd say it's probably like 50-50, Oli in, Oli out. Because I remember a few games, especially under the Jose reign, where fans would boo the team off the pitch or yeah, boo the yeah, manager yeah, yeah. off the pitch, you know, because it was just dull, boring football. Um, is that the problem now that we're facing um, with, with the football club, that when performances aren't right, we've got... A club legend, a club darling, call him what you like, who is the manager of this football club. He's done so much as a player mm. for us. Um, is it hard to turn on him? And I know the fans who are saying Ollie out, I know where they're coming from. They're not turning on him as an individual. They're just saying he his credentials and his managerial capabilities mm. aren't strong enough for a job like United. I know they're not saying they hate Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, you know, or turn him in that sense. They're, they're, from a football point of view, they're saying managerially he's not strong enough um, to, to win mm. us games and now get us out of this mess as well because we are in a complete mess it's, an, it's not a mess Peaky I mean look at the record so far this season look at the chances we've created um, a lot of people can put it down to the transfer window uh, some people saying that the signings we made were good yeah Daniel James good signing Wan-Bissaka great signing Maguire personally I've still got question marks so, some him. people I spoke to uh, a cousin of mine yesterday big United fan he actually says Maguire's gone backwards. Like, from when he came in his time at Leicester, if anything, he's kind of gone backwards a bit where 
even he's probably looking around a bit now, thinking I was brought in to kind of bring this team up and bring the defence up. Mm. But we, we're looking a bit. I think I think statistically goals conceded from the top six. I think we're quite low. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of the goals we have conceded, he's been him and Lindelof have been. There's been a lot of individual mistakes leading leading to those goals. Not been much player brilliance. It's been more defensive frailties at the back because even in Ollie's press conference and we were both um, invited in in the press box mm. for the weekend and in the press conference after the game Ollie did say Newcastle's goal came where United had plenty of bodies I think six or seven bodies back behind the ball Longstaff had about five ten seconds <laughs> to take just, his shot and man. that's the yeah. point that we made I think it was against the Alkmaar uh, game we did the watch along where we were watching the players individually and they just weren't pressing the ball enough mm. I think Roy Keane's made a point of it on Sky as well where Players just aren't getting busy enough around the around the pitch, mm. off the ball. They're not getting in the opposition's faces. Um, but look, massive, massive, probably the well, the biggest fixture in English football uh, coming up for United against Liverpool. Mm. Um, let's, I suppose we have to talk about them a little bit. They're a hundred percent record. They are looking absolutely on fire at the minute. Look, it, it hurts us to say this, but they're, <laughs> they're looking the business. They're looking like champions. What is it? They're eight points clear of City now, and. You know, look, there's, there's a big season to play, but they're, they're the favourites to go on and win it. Um, I don't, even with a full strength team, with the Pogba back, with the Martial back, I just don't see us turning them over. How, how do we approach the game? Because Oli's got, he's had obviously the international break now, so we've got two weeks now to regroup, get players back and fit. Sometimes that can work against you, where sometimes you just want the next game come to try and, you know, just to get back on the pitch and try and put things right. Mm. Now, I would say that if we had one or two bad performances as of late, but we've had bad performances since the opening game of the season. So maybe it is a good thing we've got a couple of weeks left to rest a few players, bring a few players back from injury. Should we be approaching that game looking to win it or just try not to lose it against Liverpool? I think, I think you've, got, you've got to go in with an attacking style. Yeah. If, if you go in and set up for a draw against Liverpool... You can't sit back. I don't, I don't think the fans will like The fans would rather give it a go and get beat 2-3-0 <laughs> yeah, than yeah. have some poor performance where it's, you know, we just about nicked a nil-nil or a one-all or something like that. We've got to go in and attack them. Um, is, is it the perfect game to bounce back? It, if we beat Liverpool, will that kind of reignite? Could it be the form? catalyst Could it, could it be the, the start the start of a, of a run? I don't know, mate. Will Ollie be real... back at the wheel? <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's the thing, man. I mean, there's been a lot of viral videos going around where you see fans kind of singing Ollie at the wheel and it's like fast forward to now and it's, you know, fans. The best one for me had to be Rio on uh, BT Sport. Sign the, like, the contract. Sign the contract. Yeah. Um, but look, um, if Ollie going to Solskjaer Man United have a heavy defeat to Liverpool, uh, one thing we don't want, um, potentially could it be the second Man United manager that Klopp has dismissed uh, obviously, Jose getting the sack mm. after the game when he played against Liverpool uh, in that bad run of form. Or do you think the club are gonna are gonna? I'm confident they're gonna stick with him. They've brought into this long term plan and vision, whatever it is. Um, where do you see do you see him still being the manager of Manchester United if we lose against Liverpool? I th I think it might. I think it might be a couple games after Liverpool. If if, if the board are gonna make a decision, I think they're gonna know like. I don't like to say this, but the form Liverpool are in, yeah. they might already be expecting a loss. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so if they, if they go in looking at Liverpool as the game to to be the decider, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Whereas away, away to Norwich, I think that might be the one where if if we come out of that with a loss, and then that's what, three losses on the bounce, yeah. will probably be towards you know relegation zone. If, if that was to occur to an extra two losses, then I think the board might look at it and think, okay, 
do we cut our losses here and make a decision? Just, just before we move on to the next topic, purely because we're talking about the managerial position and um, and that side of things. If, um, or should I say that, yeah, there has been reports leaking in the media, I know the Daily Mail reported on it as well, that apparently Pochettino uh, has, and his representatives have made it clear that he's, he's kind of prepared to sit down and listen to any kind of offers. Would he even be the right man to bring in? I know he's in a very bad run of form at Tottenham, but is that because of whatever's going on internally I, 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 at the club? I don't there? think right now a manager would want to would want to come in, come in. Yeah. at this point. They're going to look at it and think, what can I do with that squad and that morale right now? I'd rather sit back, take it uh, end of the season when when the season's finished. Mm. I know I've got a window and I've got a summer to build and, and put a team together rather than coming in and effectively. What manager out there is going to do anything do, with that do, team? Do you think as a fan base, because a lot of us, or we are from that kind of golden era where Sir Alex Ferguson was winning everything, we grew up seeing the United team lift trophies season in, season out. It's been seven years. Have we just got to lower our expectation as a fan base and a football club and just accept that we are no longer a formidable force in English football or world football? So maybe the manager that comes in is going to be an ilk of a top say six or seven club in Europe it's not going to be a top manager that comes in because he'll probably look at the options and think well Poch might fancy going to Real Madrid because mm. it's still kind of a, a big club out in Spain yeah. have we got to lower our expectations that's if we're going to get a new manager for, yeah. for myself for yourself we still a lot of people laugh and say you know I heard this on a couple of other podcasts as well saying if, if, if Oli what Premier League club would take Oli as their manager yeah and all all the people on the podcast, all the journalists were saying, well, I don't think any club would take. Not, him not even Newcastle after the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so if no other clubs taking Oli, some people are asking, why why are you why are United of such great stature? Happy happy to stay with him. Look, Oli's there by by happening by the whole night in Paris by the run that happened before that. It happened. It occurred. Everyone, ninety percent of the fan base, had given the job. He gave him the job, and it's sad to say it's been relegation form ever since. But look, we saw what could be there yeah. in the beginning and there's there's no reason to say that can't come back. With the history, if, if this happens straight after Fergie, yeah. then I would probably say maybe we need to try out another manager. But because we've tried out Moyes, we've tried out LVG, we've tried out Jersey, all three different styles of managers and tactics and what they've won in the past, none worked. <clears throat> Closest we got was second. That was how many points still off. Do you know and that what I mean? was Jose saying that was one of his best achievements in, yeah. in managerial career as well. So um, f- for me, just just give Ollie the season minimum just to, just to get something together because there's no point just building it halfway and then stopping and getting a new builder in to try and build a house that the other guys put his plans down. We're back to square yeah, one. Yeah, you're back right? to square. You've got to knock it down, start just got to give it time, man. With the whole um, kind of Oli out trending, um, when it does, it, or it seems to after games now on the weekend, it gets trending. Um, is that just purely out of, obviously the fans just getting frustrated at the club going kind of backwards and and, and, and not seeing results and performances on the pitch um, and not seeing him uh, affect games from the touchline as well? The whole Oli out Twitter thing, it's just, um, it's fans jumping on what other fans saying we're at the stadium. We rarely see. Maybe no. get a couple fans saying Ollie Abbott. The majority are singing his name still. The majority ba- are, are backing him. Yeah. Whereas online, it's very easy to say Ollie out. Very easy to you know be fully upfront with your opinion. Um, and then when somebody can do that online, and you you yourself might become influenced by that opinion, or if you do agree with it, you're more likely to say it. Yeah. 
That's where you're going to get it online. You're not going to get that in the stadiums. We both listened to Duncan Castle's uh, recent podcast as well. Um, and on there, he was saying um, about... Obviously, he follows United as a, as a top journalist and he, from the time when Sir Alex Ferguson was there. And he's seen things at the football club where the problems are lying a lot deeper, where Sir Alex Ferguson kind of had control of the whole kind of football club, what went on from top to bottom. That's kind of lost its way with the managers coming in and going... Um, does that have a big impact as well, do you think, on the football club as a whole, where at the moment it seems like there's so many kind of small groups within there of who believes in what and who's against whoever, whereas before it was everyone was singing off the same hymn sheet and everyone was buying into it for success and the team's uh, performances, whereas now it's, it's a different era, um, them traditions have been broken. Yeah, I mean, it's an era of directors of football and technical directors and sporting directors, which we have none of. <laughs> so we have Ed Woodward, who's... <laughs> and in know, February last year, it was mentioned about a director of football coming in. Yeah, look, man, like, director of football is not coming in anytime soon at United. What does Ole Gunnar Solskjaer need to do then, Pav? In your opinion, what does he need to do to get things back to where we expect them to be? Or just for us to see a little bit of change in progression, whether it's in his press conferences, mm. whether it's what we're seeing on the pitch. In your opinion, what, what's he got to do? Number one, just need to get playing again. Yeah. Uh, wins equal confidence. Confidence equals a winning run. And that should hopefully get us on our way. So we just need to get back to... Creating chances, leading to goals, leading to wins. Get that sorted as your number one priority. Whether that's trying out new formations, whether that's trying out academy players, trying out players who are fringe players, uh, mixing it up. Whatever you've got to do to get them playing, get them playing. That's number one. Number two, I think he needs to be a bit more upfront and honest in his press conferences at the moment. It's very much like what was it after the AZ Alkmaar game, so it was a good performance. We had zero shots on target. You can't... Can't walk away from that game and say it's a good performance. I think he's just saying that to keep his own image and Man United's image in the positive. Where men mentally, uh, does that affect players when they hear the manager? Fair enough, behind closed doors, he might be ranting and raving. Mm. But to hear we him saw what Dave, we saw what, we saw David De Gea's um, yeah. interview after the game, and, um, and he you, looked hurt by it. Yeah, and you, you were kind of behind the scenes as well. You were kind of seeing him milling around, waiting for the interview and stuff. Yeah. And fuck it, like he was he was distraught, man. man. I, I stood from as far as here to the camera away from him while he was waiting to go in to do his uh, his post-match um, interview. The guy looked broken. Yeah, and then man. it wasn't obviously until after I saw the interview come out online and whatever else. He realised he's here for another five years, didn't he? He looked absolutely broken. Like mm. It looked like, honestly, he was like holding back tears as, and he just looked so like annoyed and just angry with the well, performance. I'd rather and... see it from somebody in the club. Yeah. That, 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 it's just, I'd say, it's state of affairs right now. Yeah, I'd Completely agree with you. I think at times Solskjaer needs to lay into the players a little bit publicly, yeah. publicly as well um, because yes, the whole feel-good factor and all that positive energy and speaking positively is one thing, but sometimes players yeah. need publicly to be addressed. Yeah. I'm not saying absolutely ripped into, but publicly let it be known that they're not performing at the level um, that you expect. Look, 11 games uh, in now. Um, let's look at kind of prediction of how the season will go from here. Where will we finish? We've got a cup competition. We've got EFL yeah. coming up. FA Cup will kick in soon. And obviously Europa League's in full swing. Um, well, originally I said fourth. <laughs> so. Fourth from bottom. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> missed out a few words there. Um, I don't know. what League finish, I reckon seventh. Eighth, maybe, yeah, eight, around yeah. about that range. Do you think we? I know people are saying we're two points off relegation battle. No, Obviously, it's a long not, way to go. It's not going to happen. happen. Still no, finish no. top top half of the table. Yeah, well, look, man. Anyone saying relegation nah. is talking crap. Um, yeah, about seven for eight. Seven for eight. Cup, cup, cup wise, Europa. I don't think we're going to cut it. Yeah. Um, EFL. I don't know. EFL. 
an FA Cup to toss up. Who knows how that's going to go Which down? It might have a little bit of a cup yeah. run. We've we got Chelsea, and their youngsters have proven to be, you know, pretty good so far. Frank this seems season. to be getting the best out of them. They're yeah, scoring so goals as well. If they beat us in a couple of weeks' time, I won't be surprised. If Right, just before we do kind of uh, move on to the next segment of today's show, I'm going to let you know what it is. So jump into the comment section. Basically, we're going to be discussing uh, what are our own personal preferred tactics, formations and lineups. Um, so get into the comments section. Let us know what formation you would play, um, you know, tactically, what would you adopt in the way we played and what players would be in key positions that they aren't already. Uh, jump into the comments section. We'll be jumping and joining you guys there shortly. Just before we do, if you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to hit the subscribe button, hit the alerts notification, give the video a big thumbs up uh, and comment below. Um, also, if you haven't already, follow myself and Pav on Instagram as well. Both of the links to our handles are on screen and also in the link uh, description of this video uh, on a match day we put on uh, quite uh, decent stories on there to be fair. The one from Newcastle was absolutely brilliant kind of apart from the result obviously but we're pitch side <laughs> in the manager's press conference uh, spoke to a couple of ex-pros as well so uh, jump into there give us a follow. Um, Pav I've got to ask you then mate if you were managing this football club right now um, formation wise would you be changing it from what it is at the minute what would you be playing? Formation, I think you'd be silly not to go back to what that brought in the brought in the, brought in the job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd have to be a four-three-three. Yeah. Um, for the back four and five, pick itself. De Gea, uh, sure. You could argue Maguire and Twanzebe. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say Maguire and Twanzebe. I like Twanzebe. Yeah, I think Twanzebe's got a lot about him. He looks quite um, steady, quite a bit. Yeah, a bit of presence. Lindelof. I think he's still going to have a mistake in him. Mm. Um, here and there on on, on games. Not to say. Twanzebe doesn't, but yeah. I think there's a lot more Twanzebe has to offer physically and um, kind of speed-wise and on the ball. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, Wan-Bissaka right back. So that's that's your four and your goalkeeper. Um, then it comes to the three in midfield. Yeah. I think McTominay's kind of built for that holding role. And then you kind of got the two midfielders in front of him. I say Pogba on the left-hand side of that. Yeah. And then the right, I mean, who are you going to go for? Are you going to go for Pereira, Lingard, Mata? Yeah. Uh, Dare I say Fred? You know what I mean? Who, who would you go for? To... Fred Flint. I think we're in agreement with that so far. Yeah, so... I, I agree with all of that. See, what I liked about Pogba when Oli first came in, he kind of pushed him up the pitch a little bit and played him more of as a 10 as opposed to the mm. left of a 3. So if we can work something out there, agree with that. But then the other position, that's the one where Pereira we slate every game when we see him because apart from running around a lot, I don't know what don't he brings. Know what he does, mate, yeah. Same with Jesse. Fred, I saw a stat pop up for him yesterday where last, since he signed... The, or... the last successful through ball was yeah. like in April. Fair, fair, like, I mean, I know, I know he didn't play many games to the start of the... the Still, man. You know what? We were, at, I think it was at the City or Chelsea game at Old Trafford last season and Fred was playing and he gave the ball away time and time again and mm. you were absolutely pulling your hair out. You're like, mate, what is this guy doing? And I said, Pav, relax. You know, he's probably a bit keen. He's just come into the team. He wants to impress. He's too keen. But he's had a bit of a run now. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, mate, he tripped over his own feet twice on the weekend. Five, ten-yard passes where, you know, you've got your, your left or right back bombing on and you're playing it into their path and he's playing it like so well ahead. Just expect, throwing, a, mate. just expect three or four times that quality of performance from him yeah so if he's gonna stay at united for, for years and seasons to come you better be ready for that liverpool game man um, before we move on to the next position because i've got to say it people say like you don't know what you got until it's gone and a herrera how much do we need him right now just to, as a bit of a yeah, heart in the i team mean or... yeah look it would be do i definitely want him in the team right now but 
I wouldn't say I'm looking back and think that's the biggest we'll regret. regret. No, of course. It's, it's a regret we didn't buy more midfielders. If, yeah. we, if, we, if we bought some midfield reinforcements, I don't think anybody would... Would even think about yeah. it. True. Okay, so look, that uh, third midfield position is, we're saying either Pereira or... No, no. Not, I'm not saying not Pereira. Pereira. <laughs> I reckon probably... Or maybe I'll say Lingard, maybe. Lingard in Just there. Just a bit of energy and he can kind of maybe interlink with Pogba there. I don't, I don't know. A bit of energy in there. Front three... Marshall, I'd say through the middle when fit. When fit. James on the right, Rashford yeah, on the left. Yeah, yeah probably. probably we, would, with you, that. would you argue Rashford's best position is on the wing, coming in off the wing? I don't know, mate. It's, it was not number nine, is it? <laughs> Clearly, so it's not. got to be on the wing. Uh, yeah, got like that kind of way Ronaldo used to play for us, kind of wing, but still inside forward, cutting in a lot. That sort of position, I think he needs to just nail down what his position is going to be. Just get used to it, because I think he said in past interviews as well that up front number nine isn't his <clears throat> natural position I know in the academy he played as a winger so I don't know man um, Scott Hope Martial comes back against Liverpool and, and can do something do you think sometimes we should just with the players we've got just go to a 4-4-2 sometimes even in games like if things aren't working mm. just go to a 4-4-2 where you know you've got two banks of solid midfield and defenders do we need two players up front because clearly at the minute playing one up top's not working we're not getting enough support forward mm. two up top might be the answer but then I mean like tactically the only changes we've seen Oli do is you know switch wingers about yeah. I haven't really seen you know shape changes or people dropping in yeah. and, and, and we might see James being played up top for about 5-10 minute period and then swap back and all it is are swaps we've seen we're not really seeing shape change do you, do you think like he sees it as a bit of a kind of downgrading himself if in a game he had to tactically change it because of Yes, we're Man United and teams should be changing their way of playing to kind of nullify us as a football club. Well, it's not about that anymore. Mm. We're playing Newcastle away. They're breaking and, and on the counter-attack and getting a lot of success. Go back to a 4-5-1 or a 4, four you know, when we're defending, change it to a 4-5-1 um, just to kind of try and block them out. But he doesn't seem to do that. Do you think it's because of that kind of, he thinks he might get judged on changing it to a negative style of play or... I don't know. I, I, like I said, we said in, in the pre, the post-match uh, pitch side match preview uh, review. Sorry, after the Newcastle game, like feeling sitting there, Carrick sitting McKenna's there, sitting yeah, there. They, they they're not thick, man. They, yeah. they they know what they know tactics, man. They've they've played Carrick's played you know under Fergie during, during the kind of glory years. Feeling was there for that whole time. Solskjaer, yeah, it was years ago, but there's still a kind of winning mentality you can still into players, but. Just need to, we just need to see some more, you know, some some fire there, man. I saw, I saw two things from Ollie on the touchline because I was literally sat right behind mm. them. We were on the, on the weekend. One of them was the only tactical instruction I saw him give was to McTominay and Fred at different points in the game, just telling them to hold their position. They were getting forward too much. So that's the only thing I saw, telling them to hold. Then the second thing I saw in the second half, we had a little spell for about five minutes where we we, we had a couple of half chances mm. and he turned around to the bench and said, it's coming, it's coming. And then they went up the other end and scored. And I thought, Ollie, it's, it's not coming. It's not as though we've been battering on their door all game. Well, yeah, it was a fucking Maguire header, man. That was, yeah. that was literally it. And, and and he made a point about that in the press conference that he knows and, and Harry knew as well that that should be going in. Um, you saw him as well just before he walked into the presser and you know what I mean? It was a bit... He, oh, he was quite relaxed after a mm. 1-0 defeat to Newcastle. Was, I thought yeah. he might be a bit more... Um, a bit more kind of... Is he too much of a nice guy? Does he sometimes need to... Does he? Some people can't get rid of it if they are like that. That's the way they are. But mm. he hasn't got that streak that we... Well, if we're going to see that streak, we should be seeing it now. Seeing it now. Form we're in. 
Right, Pav, let's jump into the viewers' questions who I know have been waiting quite patiently to join us. Uh, So thank you and welcome to all of you guys to today's show. Um, Yeah, so uh, Tony Martial's joined the chat. (laughs) Uh, Username Tony Martial. Uh, Playing 4-3-3 is what we're looking for. Akias is saying, I just want to see a 4-3-3 formation, which was the one that got the 10 winning games. Um, Vibav is saying he's a big, big fan. Um, Martial also is saying that Oli is playing negative football with negative tactics, which is not allowing players to express themselves. Um, Gabriel is saying, uh, hi guys, Pav and Piki, can we play 3-5-2 against Liverpool? Um, Rafa is saying, laugh my arse off, uh, United aren't getting relegated. Everyone needs to calm down. Probably going to be a 7th or 8th finish. Anthony uh, is saying, commented, um, what do you think of Lewis Campos or Seven Min? I can't really read that comment, mate, about a director of football. Um, what Tony Marshall is asking, Paul Mitchell is director of football. Well, everyone said about Paul Mitchell coming in, didn't they? But the whole director of football role, we've spoke about it so many mm. times now, I don't think it's cracked up to what it's meant to be. A director of football is meant to have full control of football activities in that football club from first team down to youth teams um, and control basically everything. The manager, what players are brought in, uh, he'll bring players in to suit the style of the play. Whole, that the, the whole identity. It's, it's like a five, ten year plan you're putting into place. Edward Wood does not want to sacrifice or give mm-hmm. up his control that he currently has over the footballing activities to somebody else. That's why nobody's taking it as simple as that. Mm. Simple as that. Agreed. Um, Antonio Roberts um, saying, Hi, my name is David, and I think Ollie is the best manager for United. Give him time and support. Delta Wing Chun, if we give him the season, we will be relegated. Um, Mixed, mixed comments again. Yeah, you got Luke messaging saying, um, apparently Pogba going to PSG, Neymar coming to United. Um, don't know what papers you're reading, mate. <laughs> and I hope not as well. I hope that don't happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Tony Martial's come back with the formation for us and some players. So he's saying 4 3 3, De Gea, Basaka, Lindelof, Maguire, Sure. But Tommy is a CDM. Yep. Fred and Pogba in the, in the two in front. front. Rashford right, James left, Martial down the middle. So similar to us, but yeah. Front, front three interchanging with each other. Uh, NR Jacobs saying Fred is awful. <laughs> um, Antonio saying, just imagine how much Oli would change our team with two more summer transfer windows. It would be massive for us because he would be called a genius with time and patience. Um, On that, just quickly, because United fans, when Jose was in, let's not forget, we were saying a few key things. We want a manager uh, to get rid of the Deadwood. Oli's kind of partly done that, or he's had one transfer window doing that. We said we wanted a manager to kind of bring in players we needed in the right positions. I think he's done that in Aaron Wambasak and Harry Maguire. I'm sure he would have wanted to bring in a midfielder and a striker, especially after Lukaku was sold. Probably the board didn't back him in this window. Um, and then the last thing we kind of uh, said was about having a style of football. That's the one I question at the moment. I think from from the summer, I think what would have happened was Oli's trying to stick to his ideals. Yeah. So when maybe a striker was available who's probably be classed as a good striker or a good forward, i.e. Dybala. Yeah. Um, might have been offered up, might have been a high wage, but that didn't go with what United's kind of new what ideals he, were. What he's looking so to do. So he's passed on, he, he, even though he needed it, he needed a player in that position. He wasn't the right player for that position for yeah. what we want. So he's passed on it. So with that thought, sort of thing, you've got to live by the sword, die by the sword. You can't, Chop and change. Can't, Ed can't go in and say, "Well, um, Ollie, you're sacked because this and that." Ed, Ed would have known. Look, this, these aren't the players we're going for, so we're gonna have to wait until the summer. Where I think it is gonna be Madison and Jaden Sancho coming in. But the flip side of the coin, Peaky, are James Madison and Jaden Sancho gonna to want to come in if we're playing? We're sitting eighth and 
Leicester are finishing yeah. above us and, and do you know what I mean? And, and Dortmund obviously in Champions League football. And that's the thing I think, like we keep saying about Sancho coming in and Madison, but looking at us, they probably think, well, I'm better off where I am. Why do I want to go and get involved with that mess? Mm. Um, and I'm sure Madison will be speaking to Maguire who's saying, mate, if I had a return ticket to Leicester, I'd be jumping on it. Yeah. It's a mess. And um, we need big characters, I think. At this point in time, I think we need players with big, big characters. Um, like you were just saying there, the whole Mandzukic thing about him potentially coming in. But again, does he fit with Oli's thing of like bringing a young team and then you go and sign somebody like Mandzukic, bit of experience, bit older. I think we do need a couple of players like that. Mm. Whether they're starting or... I know um, Zlatan come out and said, look, if the, if the club need me, they know where, where <laughs> I am. Come Christmas, January time, do they just bring someone in like him? He's not going to play every game, but it's just to like get hold of this dressing room and, and kind of someone for the, the younger kids in the dressing room to look up to. At the minute, they've got Ashley Young to look up to. David De Gea is another probably senior in there. Matter and Matic. Mm. They're not exactly big, big characters, I imagine, in that dressing room who pull the team up. You know, well, clearly they're not from what we're seeing. Mm. Who knows, man? Who knows where, <laughs> who knows where we're going to be come January time? All, all I know is going to be a roller coaster. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, um, we're at that point of the show, Peaky. The interactive, the, the trivia section. I hate this part. So um, I, have, I have like a sieve brain at the minute. I have done for... Since I turned, I think it's since I turned thirty in April, <laughs> mate. <laughs> right, so, what's the topic today? So uh, we've got some ex players. I'm gonna roll a few facts out about each one okay. as we go, and then you can have a guess as, to, as to who is. they are. Okay. Um, All right. Your record in this section hasn't been great, so I'll give you unlimited guesses, mate. Okay. Yeah. Uh, per, per Viewers player. jump in as well. So yeah, if you, I'm gonna give some clues out. Jump in. Um, we'll see if you guys at home can uh, can get them right. So you ready? Let's go. We've got uh, three players. Three players. So player one, um, fact number one, I'm a striker and I joined United in 2004. Let's go straight on to number two. Number two. After I left United, I played for Everton, Spurs and Sunderland. Everton, Spurs and Sunderland. <laughs> Mate, has anyone commented yet? No. Go on, next one. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. it's, it's just my notes. I'm not. Uh... <clears throat> I made my name playing for Fulham. He's got a striker, joined in 2004, made his name playing for Fulham. He then left and played for Everton, Spurs, and Sunderland. Mate, why does my brain go so blank? Made my name as Fulham. Somebody's got it in the comments. Big up knitting. Knitting. One nil to knitting. <laughs> Final fact I'm French. Come on, piece it together now. Mate, I hate this part of the show. Right, Fre Fulham. French striker. Yeah. Joined United in 2000. Uh, Saha. Yeah, Louis Saha. Mate, sorry, mate. Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't, I'm not even <laughs> sure if I'm going to give you the point for that. <laughs> All right, next one. Oh, um, I featured for United over 200 times during yeah. 2005 yeah. and 2012. Okay. I was known for being a valuable squad player. I'll leave those two and I've got two more if you need them. In 2000, joined in 2000 and 2005 to 2012 and he played over 200 times and he was known for being you know a squad player reliable squad player next clue I played for PSV before joining Man United I hate this period of, of time because I, I don't remember anything of this period apart from 2008 um, anyone got it? No, we were about a minute delayed live minute delayed yeah. um 
Time from PSV. PSV, yeah. The final clue. On, final clue. If you don't get it from this, then I think you need to hang, hang my boots up. Hang them up, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is going to basically give it away, but uh, I'm South Korean, mate. Come on. Did, did we sign him from PSV? Yes. We signed him from PSV. Pass. South Korean. Come on, mate. Shinji. <laughs> we, that's what I could, mate, from South Korea. You're getting slated. G-Sung. G-Sung, G-Sung man. You're getting Jesus. slated in the comments, mate, mate. I told you guys, my brain is like a sieve. I don't remember. You signed si- you Shinji from fucking... Uh, yeah, I don't remember nothing Come after on, man. 2000, apart from 2008, man. This guy, man. All right, final one. <laughs> I'm an Academy product who left in 2014. Yeah. I scored a goal versus United to knock him out of the, of the FA Cup. Next clue. I left United to join a rival team. Next clue. Think about those three, right? He's an academy product. Academy product, yeah. He left in 2014. Yeah. So it's under Fergie, right? Yeah. He scored a goal against United. Yeah. To knock us out of the FA Cup. An academy product did. Darren Gibson. And he joined a and he joined a rival team. So who's our rival teams? City, Liverpool, Arsenal. So which Academy product left and joined one of those guys? Matt, I, I, I seriously don't know. Last clue. I, I seriously my mind is so blank, Pav. I hate this part of the show, I told you. I currently play for Watford. Uh, cleverly. Cleverly plays for Watford. <laughs> Pass, mate. Pass. Danny Welbeck. Uh, oh, mate, Remember when he, when he signed and he yeah. scored in the, I in think, the FA Cup quarter, quarterfinals? Yes. Yeah. So I told you I hate this part of the show. I'm going to get absolutely pelleted. And you are, mate. <laughs> I told you I've hung my boots up. I have to hang my uh, hat oh, up next. Man. But we are definitely going to be switching up this interactive <laughs> section. I think it's the pressure. You know, I don't like to be put on the spot like that. Um, every, the, the room just goes smaller, <laughs> I say, every week. But um, Guys, listen, I hope oh. you have enjoyed episode 16 of the Pints and Pond- Pundits podcast. Uh, don't forget, if you are listening to this on the move or, or playing it back, you can catch it on all of the major podcast platforms as well. Just search up Pints and Pond- Pundits. Don't forget to give it a subscribe on there. If you're watching this on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. Give us a subscribe. Jump Jump into the comments section um, and don't forget to support uh, all of the work we're doing. Also on the uh, Instagram handles as well. You can check me and Pav both out on there. The links uh, on the description of this video, but also the graphic on the screen shows you our handles there. Some fantastic match day stories that we run on there. Um, and it's a well, been giving you guys a great insight of how we piece the day together. Uh, also, a big shout out to uh, Duck and Cover who have brought this podcast to you guys. Check out the project range in the link of the description of this video. Go and check it out. Some fantastic offers there for a limited time so go and take advantage of them uh, I'm so glad that we have got a weekend off from watching United this weekend um, <laughs> it's getting quite bad but let's hope that they can regroup get together uh, we'll be bringing you guys um, content over the weekend uh, and over the next few days don't worry about that uh, and then next week we'll be starting to build up to Super Sunday as United welcome one. our big rivals Liverpool to Old Trafford and hopefully we can uh, um, kind of spoil that 100% record they have currently in the league uh, but for myself uh, and from Pav a big thank you to all of you guys and we'll catch you on the podcast next time round.